welcome to episode 25 of the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. We're here for Steven Bomb 2.0, so we'll be doing an episode every day again this week. Today we're talking about Sworn to the Sword. I'm GC13. I'm Ken. I am Dakota. Wow. What an episode, am I right? It was okay. Yeah, this was... I was not expecting it to be this good. It was okay. It was, it was okay. It was amazing. Like, so freaking good. <laughs> like, alone together good. They really picked a great place to start the Stephen Bomb, I think. I, I I think the Stephen Bomb episodes for last Stephen Bomb also had me saying, whoa, a whole bunch. I have a feeling that's going to be a recurring theme this time. So were you guys expecting a lot from this episode? I can't say I was. I thought this would be a fun little way to start off the Stephen Bomb. I was curious to see where they'd go with it. I did not think that they would pack so much into this episode. Ken? I wasn't expecting anything, even though I like knew the title and I knew generally it was about like Connie being trained or whatever. I never really paid much attention. So no, I had no expectations at all. Blown away. I was expecting it to be a lighthearted episode with lore underneath that we were going to be able to pick through. I was not expecting this. And I will say that I've been trying really hard not to see the titles for these episodes. The only two I know of were uh, Sworn to the Sword and Chilted, however you pronounce that. And I'm just, I'm just blown away, guys. This was my favorite Pearl episode, period. This was my favorite Connie and, well, no, Steve, uh, Alone Together is my favorite Connie and Steven episode. But there was just so much here. Like, so much. Yeah, as a Pearl episode, this one's really strong. Yeah, definitely. I think we should start by commenting on the new opening. Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. I mean, you kind of forgot about that. Well, I, I watched the opening and then I watched Sworn to the Sword. How am I going to remember anything else? You kind of forgot about that. <laughs> How am I going to remember anything other than Sworn to the Sword? It's like you went to a Mexican restaurant, had the best salsa ever, and then forgot about it when your tamales came. Like, I should smack you right now, GC. What would I be ordering tamales? Chimichangas five ever. Leave. Now. Go. Goodbye. I was expecting the the new intro to have a different song, but it was the same song with a different inflection. And you could see like all of the characters had grown so much. It was just, it was really sweet, I think. Yeah, I love they're breaking out the green screen so that they can have a, have a warp pad out there in Earth orbit. That looks cool. And I loved Greg just sitting back jamming on his guitar. Do you guys think the galaxy, galaxy warp is off planet? No. Like maybe a very near satellite that happens to be off planet and that's the only off planet warp they can go to? I don't think so. Because we saw the Earth and the Moon in the background. Yeah, but if I if I were to pull up a screenshot of the Galaxy Warp, I don't think that we would see anything that indicated it was off planet. Besides, they nuked the Galaxy Warp. Remember? That's true. I forgot about that. That's true. So then, where were they at? I think it's just I think it's just for dramatic effect. No, can't GC. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing clouds. I'm seeing everything makes makes the Galaxy Warp look like it's on Earth. Right. I mean, I buy that. Really, I think the important lesson about the about the new theme song is they only changed the outfits, and they, they did re-sing it, but they didn't give us the new lyrics yet, so we can hold out hope that we're going to get new characters to add to the theme song, and that's when they'll bust out the new lyrics. We can we can delude ourselves with this vision of hope. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. I was definitely expecting new lyrics. 
I would love either Peridot, Lapis, or some other gem to join the Crystal Gems. I would love that. But at the same time, I think it would make it would change the, the character dynamic they already have with one another, which might be kind of weird. Well, that's kind of the whole point of why you bring a new character into a series, so that you can have the writers do new situations with them. I mean, it's just Steven isn't a show that's desperate for new situations, so... I mean, that's true. They've been changing the dynamic between the characters as the show goes on, I mean... Well, yeah, but I kind of want to continue to explore those different dynamics. I mean, some of them have changed, but that's been really exciting to explore, like, the relationships between the gems and Steven. That's just been a lot of fun for me. I know that, like, I really like shows that have these limited character sets, and when they do introduce a new character, like, they're a meaningful character. Like, Edda and Eddie is the first one that comes to mind in that regard. They had all of the same characters in, like, the first couple of episodes, and the only new character they ever had was Eddie's brother in the movie. Also, while we're on this topic, because we haven't brought it up before, and I've been kind of meaning to, Edda and Eddie, Rebecca Sugar, when she was, like, a teenager, did some weird triple X-rated Edda and Eddie, like, fan art doujins. So, uh, look that up if you're curious. Yowie! Sugar Drew Edda Netty Yowie! Look it up, do it. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, actually don't. I don't know either of you two. Never met you before in my life. <laughs> nah. I really do think the episode completely overshadows the new intro by virtue of we get a good amount of information about the rebellion, but most of that's used to characterize Pearl, and then they foreshadow the heck out of the future of the season. Okay, so I want to wait before we get to the talk about the rebellion because there is so much there, and I want to talk about the song that Stephen and Connie were singing when they were sitting by the lo- or the uh, washing machine first because that was <laughs> such a nice little song. And were they eating jelly and English muffins? They were eating jam, clearly. Jam, and those were like, they said biscuits? Those look like English muffins. So anyway, I thought that was super sweet, that little song that we got from Stephen and Connie. If Stevani were to come out and play an instrument, what would she play? Because Stephen plays his little banjo, and Connie plays the violin. What would Stevani play? Stephen plays the ukulele. I don't know what planet you're ukulele. on. Ukulele! Forgive me, sugar, for I have misquoted your show. <laughs> how, do, how, do, how do you fuse a uke and a violin? I don't know. What would you fuse? Because, I don't know, maybe they wouldn't fuse it. Maybe she would just, like, be all cuckoo crazy and play them both or play the uke with the, with the bow or something. Controversial opinion? I didn't really care for that first song. Yeah, I, I, I really wish we had they'd used that time for other stuff later on in the episode, but everything worked out so well, I guess I can't really second-guess them. Yeah, agreed. Someone pointed out on... um. On the subreddit, I am no longer a member of Reddit, but I'm still creeping. That when Amethyst came out, they had a very brief moment where she was wearing her uh, pre-regeneration clothes. Oh uh, yeah, that was a pretty bad animation mistake. No, it's there for like a solid one or two seconds. I can tell you exactly when it is if you want. I didn't notice it in the episode itself. I watched it like I watched the episode like four times. I didn't notice it. You could never see it, really. Well, to be fair, I didn't watch. I didn't see that post until after I'd watched the episode a few times. I think we've talked about the other stuff enough. Let's talk about the rebellion now. <laughs> Here, can we talk about the rebellion? Can I'm... we talk about those four diamond-shaped colors? Thank you very much. People, people are like, GC, the pink diamond theory makes no sense. She uses the emblem, emblem of a diamond for a completely other reason other than she is one. Well, now look who's wrong. Current headcanon. The reason that Jasper called the character we know as Rose Quartz, mother of Stephen Quartz universe, Rose Quartz, was that Jasper was in fact created on Earth and never knew her as Pink Diamond. After the rebellion, the diamonds on the home world, there were only two at this point, Blue Diamond 
and yellow diamond because white diamond was on earth and was retrieved in the temple in Sirius Stephen. That's part of that's like a little side note to my head canon. They wanted to erase all facts, all thought that pink diamond ever existed. And so they just decided to stop talking about her altogether. So she was known only as Rose Quartz. That's, that is the only reason that they haven't called her pink diamond. But she is, in fact, Pink Diamond. My head canon is still that Diamond is a title, so she is both Rose Quartz and Pink Diamond, just like Barack Obama is both Barack Obama and Mr. President. But we haven't seen any other gems do that. Yeah. For all the other gems, like, they are called by their, their, gem, their gem, that's their name. Although I guess I can't say that and then say that Rose changed her name to Rose Quartz. It's kind of contradictory. If you, if you want me to quote Mass Effect 2, I'm going to go all Morden on you. No proof, but theory fits evidence. It's a good game. Did you see the trailer for the uh, new one? For Mass Effect 4? The releasing one? Yeah. Armageddon or Andromeda. Nerds. What made me curious about the Rebellion is Pearl said that the first battles of the Rebellion were fought in the arena, almost as if it was just a more of a contest of champions than an all-out slugging match. Okay, so a couple of time frame notes here. We know that the gems have been on Earth for a very long time. I think that it's fair to say that before the Rebellion started, that all of these gems were on Earth and they were interacting very peaceably. Because in the episode where Pearl makes all the power in the town go out, she notes that like she remembered a point in time where humans were a hunter and gatherer society. <laughs> but then in this episode, she notes that when she, that uh, towards the beginning of the rebellion, she learned the way of the knife. And as far as like time frames go, that's later on in human history than like us as hunter gatherer societies. I think she's simply conflating knighthood with the warrior traditions that would have been in place around the time of the Bronze Age, which, as far as we know, is when the rebellion happened because that's when the kindergarten got shut down. Because you know hum humans have had warriors who follow a powerful you know warrior leader for quite a long time, so she's probably just conflating that. I mean that's a logical that's a logical read of that, but I don't think that necessarily fits with the most like thoughtful storytelling for this episode. Unless we want to consider like the hunter gatherer comment that Pearl made in the prior episode, I noted um, just like a throwaway line, like a, a Pygate kind of scandal. I mean then then it would be possible, but I think the whole discussion of like knighthood that was very uh, that was a very intentional line to give us some kind of time frame for the war. See, I think it's the opposite. I think that was just a mistake they made, and the timeline is not going to be consistent because they weren't thinking about it that much. I, I just don't believe that. I'm, I'm still I'm still putting a I'm still putting the rebellion around the time of the Bronze Age. I, I just don't see it being in the High Middle Ages. Fair enough. So another thing was when Pearl showed us the hologram of like the battles at the Rebellion, she, uh, Rose was fighting a gem that looked an awful lot like Jasper, but it was holding that purple axe that the, uh, the, the gems retrieved from the Strawberry Battlefield. And the helmet also didn't jut forward. It definitely looked like a Jasper she was fighting, though. Yeah. I think that if, if uh, Amethyst had been fully quote-unquote cooked, like had she come out at the proper time, she would have looked a lot like Jasper. And I know that there are fan theories that have noted that in the past, but I think we can take that as some kind of evidence, because if she was using that purple axe, and we can stay consistent with this idea that gems, you know, create items that are the same color scheme as their gem, then I think that gem was probably not a Jasper. I think that gem was probably an Amethyst. Maybe. Unrelated, Amethyst is really good this episode. <laughs> Why are you standing there all sad, Steven? <laughs> she was so angry. That was funny. I mean, she goes from Garnet Master of Comedy to Sad Sad Steven. I mean, why would she not be angry? <laughs> Steven's harsh and revived, man. 
I'm telling you that Pearl was really intense in this episode, using those indoctrination techniques on a 10 or a 12-year-old like that. Very, very harsh. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird that Connie was so susceptible to them. Like, in the beginning of the episode, we see that she has this really strong devotion to Steven and a really strong desire to be able to help and protect him. And that's been established to an extent in earlier episodes, but it was almost kind of weird how quickly they ramped up that emotion in her in this episode. It was necessary, and it provides really great results, but I did have to say that kind of caught me off guard, and maybe it was even a little bit off-putting at first. Yeah, at first I was like, wow, she's really buying into this. Then I realized people are pretty susceptible. I mean, she was doing the same thing to Connie that Rose probably accidentally or just, you know, inherently does to other people, you know? She makes them feel special for taking this path. Right. That's a really good note, Ken. We, we did get to learn a bit about Pearl. Again, she's not built for fighting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was a good line. I really liked that line, and I think that solidifies the idea that, like, Peridot is probably like a Pearl 2.0 kind of gem, kind of feeling like a similar role right. that Pearl would fill. I think that was a really interesting note from uh, about Connie Ken. I hadn't thought about that until you said that, but I think that, like, abrupt change back and forth in her character I guess that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I wasn't really thinking about it too critically because this was just such a great episode and I was preoccupied with other things. But I mean, you're right. At the beginning of the episode, it was like side by side, mid-episode, she was like, I will give my life for you. And then in the episode, he was like, you know what, you're right. Or she was. Yeah, I mean, we've already established that she's really into like fantasy books. And uh, you can assume from that that she's into the idea of knighthood anyway. So Pearl doesn't have to push her that hard. But yeah, I don't know. It just came kind of abruptly. He's uh, speaking about the fantasy books. Remember when she se- sees the seagulls off and gives her her gives her little dramatic speech? Run back to your uh, yeah. masters. Tell them we don't fear them, or something like that. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> it's a, such an adorable moment. Judge, uh, blow that link and put it right there. There's the meme. So, is anybody kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see Stevani in this episode? I am so disappointed. Like, I, I could have sworn the moment when Steven covered uh, Connie with her shield and they started fighting together, they would have fused into Stevani, and it didn't happen. And I just, I, what is life? What is anything? Mm. That did not even cross my mind. So I wasn't disappointed because I wasn't expecting it on any level at all. But that moment was incredibly cool. Steven was such, we try and keep this clean, so I guess I won't use profanity here but he was so cool in this episode he was so cool he was kicking so much butt what you're saying is steven was such a boss spelled b-a-u-s boss boss that's how we're spelling it that's how we're pronouncing it when he like breaks out the shield and he just whips around when pearl's about to strike connie oh yeah oh yeah or even before that when he like takes out four hollow pearls by himself of course Pearl is still able to disarm them both. That, more so than anything, makes me excited for the rest of this series, just seeing Steven's development into, like, a full-fledged action hero. Because I don't think we had sufficient indication to really know that was going to happen before this. Steven has been controlling his powers more and more, but we haven't really seen him being, like, proficient at fighting up until now. But it's pretty clear at this point, at least in my opinion, that Steven is going to be quite the cool character. Pearl's probably going to follow through and give him those combat lessons, too. So, you know, he wasn't ready during 
Steven the Swordfighter to actually become Steven the Swordfighter. But now, I mean, there's so much more on the line, and then he has Connie to do it for, too. So if we're going to bring in the Simpsons meme, he's going to do it for her. That is to say, he'll do it for her. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) You haven't even talked about that song yet. 10 out of 10. We mentioned it. It was so cool. I just love how like pristine Pearl was in that song. That is to say, do it for him. It was great. Yeah. I'm just like so beyond impressed how well the writers handle each various story arc. I mean, the way the series started to what it has become, it's been such a natural progression and it's just very different, but I don't like it any less, you know? In fact, I think I'm liking it more and more. Yeah. The way they went from like this, every episode will give you a little bit, we'll give you a little bit. Now they're talking about like the inevitable invasion that's going to come and it's just exciting. Mm -hmm. Like the entire tone of the series has changed as of this episode. I think the entire tone of the series changed back in Warp Tour. You know, that's when they first introduced the invasion plotline, I think, or seriously introduced it. They kind of vaguely hinted at it earlier. I think that's the beginnings of it. I think that this is like a really good marker of like a very official, we are in new ground territory. This is and I'm saying, not saying oh, that yeah, we haven't been leading them up. That's exactly what I'm saying. This is them saying, oh yeah, it's going to happen because they very clearly talk about it. In prior episodes, there's definitely been a lot of lead up. I mean, I don't know how anyone could say that like we're not going to have a rebellion or an invasion after like jailbreak and uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, just after jailbreak. But I think this episode was a very clear indicator like the series has changed, changed and it's about to get a whole lot better. I mean, that's saying something for Steven Universe. It's going to get better than it already is. Yeah, we don't know how it's possible. They're just going to do it. I'm just, I'm so excited. I am so excited. Five new episodes this week or six? Five. I'm so excited. Yeah, I and a lot so of people, free. a lot of people think the episode that's airing tomorrow is a two-parter because there's a slash in the name, so it seems like it could be two episode titles, but it was confirmed quite some time ago that it's just a single episode. That's right, I remember that now. Just like last, just like last Stephen Baum, I think I'm going to be saying this a lot this week, but whoa. So. While I'm thinking about it, because I don't want to act like this episode was, it was really, really good. But one thing that I didn't like too much was the pacing when uh, Pearl said, why won't you let me do this for you, Rose? Like, I don't know. I thought that was paced That seemed like a little bit of a stretch of a character. Yeah, I thought, I tend to agree with Dakota here. It came a little bit too quickly. And this is a constant problem. It was kind of tropey. And the show usually handles tropes really well. It turns them on their head and it makes it like uses the tropes well. I don't like the way they use that trope here. Oh no, I guess I'm just so used to Pearl being weird about Rose. I mean, sure, we know that, but her being like outright about it. It just came abruptly for me. I don't mind the trope and I don't mind her being outright about it. That's not a problem for me. It was just and it's inherent because they only have eleven minutes per episode. What are you gonna do? But Right. Right. Like I said, it's not, it doesn't really bring down the quality that much. It was just kind of a moment that pulled me out of, of the episode. And I had to think that's just, just a little, the, the, the timing is off, you know, it did pull me out a little bit. Yeah. And that should have been the moment that really just nails you. Absolutely. But I don't know. It didn't like ruin anything for me. It wasn't a big deal. And I think most people aren't going to have the same problem that we're having. So, and I think that's a good thing. I don't want people to be pulled out. Yeah. To be fair though. I mean, she kind of hints at it throughout the song, do it for her. That is to say, do it for him. Yeah, I mean, she's been hinting at it ever since she, ever since the first line of the song or first verse of the song. Or, yeah, she said it pretty early. Yeah. Her slip of the tongue. Yeah, what will the rest of the Stephen Bomb bring? Am I right? Quick miscellaneous note: the opening was super anime. This entire episode was really anime, particularly Stephen and Connie's speech at the end about needing to protect each other, and then they had the little fight scene. I don't know. The show has some really good. <laughs> 
It was very anime, wasn't it? So I guess we should sign off and be ready for tomorrow. Gotta stay strong. So, until tomorrow, I'm GC13. I'm Ken. I am in desperate need of a shower. Don't let us stand in your way, Dakota. Don't let us stand in your way. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.